This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Ready for a more successful and fulfilled life? It is time for Real Answers, a transformational hour with Dr. Kate Siner, live broadcasting to the 50 states and internationally. Dare to go deep. Change yourself. Change with world. Hi, how's everybody doing? I want to say that it is uh, really fantastic um, to be starting out this show. This is the first moment of uh, my new radio show, Real Answers. And um, we're starting this in the beginning of January on an extremely cold day here in New England. Um, I can't even say what it is. I think it's negative um, 10, I'm not sure, with windshield factor. It's it sure is cold. And um, what I would like to be talking about today is about letting go. I think that a lot of times we think about the new year and we think about resolutions, about what we're building, what we're, we want to go with things. And we start to say, oh, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And I'm going to create this, you know, kind of new year, new life, new chance at things for myself. And what um, I think often needs to happen in order for us to be able to create newness is that there are actually some things for us to shift and let go of. So what is it that we can be cleaning out from our lives, whether that's um, our houses or our bodies or our businesses um, or our, our mental health? What are the things that we can get rid of so that we can open up this space for for new and wonderful things to come in in the new year. And when you're letting go of things, you, sometimes it's very a very, very simple process. And in that simple process, it's almost like a, a leaf is falling off of a tree. It just, it just falls away easily. It floats to the ground. And you don't even, you don't even actually hear, feel it land on the ground. It's, it's just simply easy, easy process. And then in other times, um, what winds up happening is we actually maybe ignore what it is that needs to go or maybe it gets a little bit uh, stinky or, uh, or it, it has way past its time. And, uh, and then it's a little bit more like those times that you open your refrigerator and all of a sudden you're like, oh, so there was something that I wasn't paying attention to in here that actually needs to go now. And, um, and that is, uh, sometimes difficult to find, right? You, you can go in there and you can say, mm, I know that something's not right in here, but where exactly is it? And, and perhaps with that, I'm sharing a little bit too much about my own refrigerator. Um, actually, it, it winds up not being, um, not being a regular an event at my house, but I think everyone's had that experience. So, um, what is it that we can do and how is it that we can know that it's time to clean house, either actually or uh, metaphorically? 
right? And one of the things that helps us do this is our emotions. So our emotions are really great keys in helping us know what needs to go and um, what it is that we're bringing in or what needs to stay. So by tuning into our emotions, we can actually start to see whether or not, um, you know, something is kind of needing to shift. And specifically, um, we'll look at kind of what we consider the more negative emotions for letting go. So maybe you're feeling irritated, frustrated, grumpy, something like that. And, um, you know, it's like maybe it's when you're showing up to work or you're, um, you know, you're answering a phone call from a specific person. You might, you might feel that, oh, I don't want to answer the phone or I don't want to go to work today or, oh no, it's Monday again. And, and those kind of grumpy feelings show us that something isn't quite right. Right. And so sometimes it can be that, you know, we need to add in pieces, like we need to add in some, some self care. Maybe we didn't rest enough over the weekend. So Monday morning came way too soon. Or uh, maybe uh, we need to make adjustments in our overall schedule so that we have more time and more space for, for the people in our lives. So other times, What's happening is that that grumpy feeling is showing us that somehow we're not really um, in alignment with or satisfied with what it is that we're doing. And the question there becomes, how do I bring myself more into alignment with what it is that I'm doing? Right. So you feel grumpy on Monday morning and you can ask yourself that question. How is it I can be more in alignment with what I'm doing? And one of the things that I hear from people is the question, well, what is, what are we talking about even when we're talking about alignment? Now, what, what is that? Right. So, um, you know, other words that have been used for it is, um, uh, congruency and, um, connectedness, resonance, right? Um, those are some words that, that we can hear that also are meaning alignment. But in general, alignment means that you are in in right relationship or in a good relationship with what it is that you're doing, whether that's being on the phone or that's showing up to work, that that actually feels like a positive relationship. Now, does that mean that relationships are always supposed to be positive with ourselves and everything else? No, because sometimes we need to shift things, right? So that the grumpy emotion, the negative emotion actually lets us know that, that there might be time to make it a shift so that we again feel that accord between ourselves and what it is that we're doing. And when we do that, it's, a, it's less effort. It is a more effortless experience for us to do any aspect of our lives. So you can be in relationship with others, do our work, because we're fighting less. We're, we're forcing less. We're actually able to just show up and do what naturally comes out of us. So this is something, you know, kind of being in alignment with um, our lives is something that can overall give us a lot of fulfillment a lot of satisfaction and can bring back a lot of energy into our lives. So with uh, the the grumpy feeling, if you find that, let's say, you're 
you know, your friend calls up and you're experiencing that grumpy feeling and you say, oh, I don't actually want to talk to this person. You know, the first question you can ask yourself is really, okay, well, what is it that's going on here? Why is it that I'm not, I'm not wanting to make this connection? And a number of different things, you know, usually it's best to ask a question and almost turn into like a blank slate. It can be, you know, to some people are familiar with having that kind of dialogue with themselves. Other people, it takes them a little while to learn. But if you ask a question, you actually allow yourself to answer it back, you'll get some really good information. So maybe it's something like I was saying, you know, you haven't taken enough time for yourself. Maybe it's that your relationship is imbalanced and you're, say, always giving in the relationship and and you're not really receiving. And so that leaves you feeling kind of grumpy. Maybe there's something that's unresolved between you and your friend that is kind of causing you to feel that sense of irritation um, when you're you're seeing them them call, so you ask the question so that you can start to say, okay, this is the reason why um, I think I'm I'm feeling grumpy. The next step to that is, well, what is it that I want to do about it? So in this the, in the in the cleaning out of things, you want to think what's the the fastest way, the quickest way for me to resolve this particular issue. Do I need to have a conversation with my friend? Um, do I need to shift something inside myself in order to rebalance the relationship? You know, in other words, get more comfortable receiving, ask for some of my needs to be met, right? Um, is it um, that I need to just say, hey, I'm actually not taking this phone call this particular time because I am taking care of myself. I am going to give myself some some extra space, but I'm going to acknowledge that I also want to make this connection. So I'm going to look at overall how I can run my schedule in a slightly different way. So that, those are some of the tips around if you find yourself getting irritated and, and with aspects of your life or with events in your life, then, you know, that's how you can kind of ask the question, what is it that's bothering me? What is it that I can do with it? And then test it, which is, am I now feeling in alignment with what it is that I'm doing? Right. Um, one of the things, kind of a precursor to all of this, one of the things I also hear from people, because we really don't get a lot of emotional education um, throughout the courses of our lives, we have to seek that out. Some people aren't really tuned into what they're feeling. And so if that happens to be true for you, um, if you just take a, a regular practice one week and three times a day, just stop and check in and feel into your body. And actually see what it is that you're feeling um, sensation-wise. Um, that can help you get in touch with your feelings. And then if you think of an event where you know that you were, say, sad or mad or happy, if you think of that event and then actually feel the sensations that are connected with that event, then that gives you cues for which sensations in your body actually relate to certain feelings. So you kind of need to have those steps in place before you can even tell a lot of times that, you know, you're having a specific type of feeling. So the, the second thing I want to talk about is when you're feeling yourself really unfocused, right? So if you, maybe you're spacing out while you're reading something or you're just not able to complete some kind of essential task, 
um, maybe you, you need to pay attention, um, and, uh, y- you, are finding that, you know, even if, even though you know that it's super important, it's really, really hard for you to keep your attention there. And, and for some people, that's a way of life. People with ADHD, they, they frequently have a difficult time staying focused on tasks. Um, but even people who have ADHD will uh, fluctuate in their ability to focus. Sometimes it will be easier for them, them than other times. And, um, Either way, being unfocused and is is another type of information um, for us. Another way for us to say, "Huh, maybe something needs to be shifted here. Maybe I need to let go of something." Right. So I think that being unfocused is predominantly comes from being out of balance. Right. So what 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 are lack of focus is telling us is that what we are putting a lot of effort into concentrating on, once again, going back to that alignment, is not in alignment with what our our needs are, right? So maybe we really need to um, read a paper for um, a presentation, Right? Or maybe we really need to make sure that we get the details together for a meeting. Um, so we know that that needs to happen, but then we have a really super difficult time actually focusing, you know, in on that task. Right. So, so that has to be solved beforehand. You actually can't force yourself to pay attention. Um, you can keep working at it. It will, once again, it will wear you down. Sometimes life requires that, but it will wear you down over time. If you keep trying to stuff your attention, um, into, you know, uh, into where you want it to go, because we're naturally going to have attention for things that are in alignment with us. So, um, in order to do, in order to make sure that we have the focus for the things that we want to have focus for, we need to make sure that overall we understand what our needs are, what our, um, it's kind of our comprehensive needs are, um, whether that's, uh, sleep, food, social time, intellectual stimulation, uh, downtime, all the different needs that we have. When we attend to ourselves, when we're taking very good care of ourselves, then we are able to focus more completely on the tasks that we're important, like that are, are priorities at that time. Right. So, um, one of the things that can happen with being unfocused is that a part of our life has either um, fallen out. Meaning maybe it's that downtime, maybe it's that social time, maybe it's mm, an intellectual stimulation, right? Either something has fallen out or we have too much of something. So that's the question to ask yourself. If I'm unable to focus on this task right now, what is it that I have not been giving myself? What is it that has been missing that is the thing that a really a kind of a clever way to ask it that I would prefer to be doing right now, 
right? What is it that I would prefer to be doing that? If, if someone said, here, you can do whatever you want right now. And what was the thing that you would give your hundred percent attention to? Right. We all know that we have like deadlines and obligations and things that we need to be doing. So um, we can't always say if we need to run, go out and do a run. If we're really under, you know, we were crunch, crunching and getting some things done for work. But we can make sure that overall in our lives, we get in that time, we get in that run so that when we do need to focus on something, we can show up 100 percent. Right. Um, Sometimes in order to have that, that time, um, we need to um, get rid of something else. That means something that maybe has taken dominance in our life that actually is, uh, is, is, needs to be decreased or eliminated so that we can have the time to balance ourselves out. So those are my first two about being focused and being irritable um, that are signs for things that we might need to get rid of or change in our lives so that we can welcome in more of what it is that we want. And uh, right now, um, we're going to go to a commercial break. I'd like to remind you that you can call in at any point in time. I would love to answer questions about about this topic or any topic that is relevant for you uh, today. Um, and with that, let's go for a break. Uh, telephone number is 877-230-3062. Be back in just a sec. is your chance to be part of the show. Call 877-230-3062. Call in with your questions or thoughts and talk with the host and their guest. Again, that number is 877-230-3062. Author and educator, Dr. Kate Siner wants to help you connect with your purpose and passion. With 18 years in the field of personal development, a Ph.D. in psychology, and plenty of real-life experience from the School of Hard Knocks, Dr. Kate will inspire you not just to change your life, but the world for the better. Her mentoring and programs provide effective tools and tailored support that meets you where you are and grows as you do. For more information, visit www.katesiner.com. Are you craving positive change in an area of your life? Dreaming of work that is meaningful or relationships that are authentic and connected? Internationally recognized author and facilitator Dr. Kate Siner is a compassionate and fearless advocate for positive change. Through personally tailored programs and masterful mentoring, Dr. Kate's genius lies in helping you get connected to your core so you can make a difference in the world starting with yourself. Visit www.katesiner.com. That's K-A-T-E-S-I-N-E-R.com.
Hi, everybody. This is Dr. Kate Siner again, and this is Real Answers Radio. Uh, last, we were talking about um, being both irritated and being unfocused, and what that lets, uh, what that tells us about what it is that we want to be getting rid of in our lives. If you have any questions, you can go ahead and call eight seven seven two three zero three zero six two. That's eight seven seven. Two three zero three zero six two. I would love to answer your questions, and um, we're going to be moving on with uh, a couple more clues that maybe there's something that we need to be switching up or changing in our life. So uh, the next one is being sleepy, right? So sleepy is really just being bored. And if you find yourself all of a sudden nodding off when uh, doing anything, uh, whether that's uh, at work, you know, you have that slump at three o'clock in the afternoon um, or uh, you're in the middle of a reading um, a book or watching a show or having a conversation, that those would all um, any time aside from, you know, your usual end of end of the day kind of stuff. Any time that you're starting to see that yawning sleepiness come in, that, that's a sign that you are just not as engaged as you could be. So it's a really great time to ask, well, what is it that is, how could I connect to what it is that I'm doing or how would I, what would I like to be doing so I did feel connected, right? Um, and, uh, one of the things that people will do, almost, it, sleepiness can almost be chronic for some people. I think that that's an important thing to know. There are certain people where that's their response and they, they might not, and you know, this might be you, they, you might not be aware of the fact that the sleepiness is, is actually a sign that you're not interested. Um, and, and for example, um, I, I, you know, I had a client that was uh, telling me that every time that she got together with a certain friend of hers that she'd been friends with for a really long time, that um, she began to yawn, that it was, it was, <laughs> that there were, that were yawns and that she couldn't understand why exactly that was happening. You know, I mean, she made the choice to be there, all of that kind of stuff, but um, the yawning was really pointing out to her that there was a mismatch here for some reason, that she wasn't as engaged as she could be. She might have had real feelings for this particular person, but for whatever reason, was not feeling completely engaged. And uh, sometimes we can just think, oh, well, you know, I didn't get enough sleep last night or um, maybe I'm coming down with something. And, you know, that actually can be true at times. Um, but it's worth asking the question if you find yourself all of a sudden, you know, nodding off or your eyes closing or yawning, um, is this actually something that I feel engaged with? that I feel in alignment with? Um, or is this something that maybe I'm doing because it's what I thought I needed to do? Kind of like that client I was talking about who said, oh, yeah, you know, this is what I want to do. This is who this person is. And this is I'm going to spend time with her and all of that kind of stuff. So sometimes we we get on autopilot 
and we start to do things in, um, you know, in our lives and we can do them quite consistently actually and quite regularly. Um, we can do things in, in our lives that are actually not engaging for us anymore. They've become, um, boring. They've become rote. They've become, uh, less inspired. And if you want to be really fulfilled and you want to feel very alive in your life, then it's really important to keep your life fresh. That, you know, you're engaged in things on a regular basis that leave you feeling really jazzed, really excited, really good, you know, even just really present. When, when you engage in those kind of things on a regular basis, fill your life with that, you'll start to feel more dynamic, um, more energized. And um, you'll notice that in general, that, that influences your mood. You're actually happier. So a good thing to know if you find yourself kind of getting sleepy and is, is, um, is this something that I really want to be doing that I feel really in alignment with? Um, or is this something that I feel I have to be doing or I should be doing? Right, so is my sleepiness telling me that I, you know, I, I'm no longer interested in this thing that I have to do or I should do or I thought was the right thing for me to do? And then if the answer is, well, actually, you know, the sleepiness is telling me that this isn't working for me anymore. Then what you can, you can do about that is you can say, okay, well, what is it that needs to shift here? It can be changing venue. It can be changing topic of conversation. It can be changing what you're actually doing. A really good thing, um, you might notice when you're working is that you'll reach a point where, you know, whether you start feeling unfocused or you start feeling sleepy, right? You could feel either. Um, what can be very helpful if you start feeling like, oh, I'm just, I'm just, you know, I'm kind of winding down. I'm losing my enthusiasm. Movement can be huge here. So getting up and going for a walk, even if it's for five minutes, doing any kind of movement, um, is a way to actually start to get you engaged again. You might need that kind of that shift so that you can come back to what it is that you're doing. So that's, that's a, a, a good one to think about when it comes to sleepy. We're looking at how can this be more active? How can this be more engaging? Right? And so if you get the sleepiness, it's just like, well, one way to be more active is to just be more embodied, to be more physical. You know, the other is to be more like actively engaged mentally. Maybe you have a, a mindless task that you need to do. Um, or so maybe you need to be able to stimulate your mind in a different way. That could be for some people, that could be a certain type of music might stimulate their mind. Um, a certain type of conversation might be stimulate. Or once again, that, that movement piece is really huge in keeping engaged, especially if it's like an aspect of, you know, our job that maybe is less than ideal or, or something like that. 
In other cases where we just need to let the thing go and say, actually, I thought I needed to do this. I thought that this was something that needed to be there, but it really doesn't. The sleepiness is just a cue. And the cue is to just say, okay, what does it take to let that go from my life now? You know, and and sometimes it's just as easy as saying, oh, I'm not going to do that. You know, I'm not going to build that into my schedule or my life or or anything. I'm just going to go ahead and let it go. Okay. So the different things that you can do about being sleepy is look for a fresh way of connecting, um, a way of energizing yourself, or take a look at if this thing um, that's making you sleepy, if it can just go away. All right. So I'm going to move on to number four on my list of cues for letting go, and that is um, the feeling overwhelmed, right? And, and um, you know, it's do you have too much to do, right? And are, or are you overstimulated? So sleepy is like understimulated, but overwhelmed is overstimulated. There's way too many things to do. I've had, you know, 17 things planned for today. I ran all over the place. I was on the phone while I was doing something else, you know, and this is very typical experience for people, especially for people who consider themselves, um, high achievers, um, or anybody who has children. This probably factors in. Um, but there's just too many things to do and um, it starts to feel like um, it, things are chaotic and um, even if it's a really good thing, it can actually still be overwhelming. You can sometimes have too much of a good thing. And um, so that could look like you're having a wonderful time. You've got all of these social things going on. You're loving, you know, you love your friends. You love what you're doing. You're getting out there. And all of a sudden you start to see, wow, I've just been on the go for, you know, weeks now. And I'm really just needing some time to stop. Right? This is all really great stuff but it can still leave you feeling overwhelmed. You know, another thing that can leave a person feeling overwhelmed is a general lack of organization. So um, if you just have a tendency to fly by the seat of your pants every day, um, some days will be very, very full. And um, if you have a lot to get done. And so it, it's good to kind of measure out, sometimes measure out the things that you have to do. Um, so let's take a look at what we can do about overwhelm. I mean, the big question is, what is it that you can weed out? Right? What are the things that you can let go of so that you actually have more peace on a daily basis? So what is it that you can weed out of your life? Well, how do you know what you can weed out of your life? That can be a really difficult thing. Very frequently, people who are really busy, they say, well, I just have to do all of this. You know, this is just what, this is just what I have to do right now. And um, I'll, I, I, I give some credit to that. I actually think that, you know, any kind of bind that we get ourselves in sometimes, mm, you know, we're, we're making a choice to be there even though we know it's less than ideal. 
But quite often that just comes from uh, sort of a limited view of the situation. And, um, you know, sometimes a fear of letting go of certain things. Sometimes it comes from a, a sense that, you know, we have to be busy. Some people feel like they need to be busy in order to feel like they have a, a sense of, of value or worth. Um, so there, there can be a lot of things that motivate people to, to stay really busy. And, um, okay, so the short side of that, the short story there is basically, um, you know, chances are you can get rid of something. And if you can't get rid of it, and it is by choice that you have a very busy schedule, First is recognizing that you're a choice. And the second part is putting that into some sort of schedule so that you can maintain it more easily. Um, but I, I would suggest that you look really long and hard at whether the abundance of things that you have in your life are actually necessary. You know, and which one of them is least necessary. Now, there's a, there's a, a, catch here because one of the things that people can do is that they can say, well, what's not necessary is taking care of myself, is making sure that I have, you know, three good meals every day, that I'm that I'm exercising, that I'm getting enough sleep, that, you know, like these are the things that I can actually change and say, oh, I can let go of those for a little while. It's not important I get to the gym or, you know, uh, and, and I... I recommend, in general, a whole life, um, a whole balanced life. Um, I think that being successful is about having that kind of complete life. And, and so I don't think that eliminating ourselves from the equation is a way of making sure that we're getting things done. So we need to be on there. It's, very, it's an essential part of things. And we need to take a look at, is there anything that might be changed or, or adjusted? Um, and how do you know this, right? Um, one of the things that I run into a lot with my clients is that they have too many priorities. Uh, they want to do too much. I, and they're excited. They're excited about doing all the things that they're doing. So asking them to focus um, on one main thing besides themselves and, you know, their families is, um, is sometimes really, really challenging. It's a very difficult decision to make, you know, out of all the things that I love what is the one that I'm going to prioritize at this time? You know, it's important to know that prioritizing something does not mean that everything else disappears. It just means when you need to make those difficult decisions so that you're not overwhelmed, you know what is not going to be on the cut list, right? You can't be on the cut list. The people that you love and care about can't be on the cut list. And your priority, your most, most important thing at this time also does not belong on the cut list. Right? So the way to work with overwhelm is to be able to say, what is my number one priority at this time? 
what is most important that I get done. And, you know, more than anything else, this is what I know I am prioritizing, I am focusing on, and I am moving through. Right? So if you can do that, that definitely helps with, um, with your overwhelm because you can always come back to um, that priority. It doesn't have to stay that way. It can be your priority for a day, for a week, for a year, um, depending on what it is. And, and, you know, depending on what it is that you're trying to accomplish. So um, that's sleepy, which is basically the idea that you're not engaged enough. And then overwhelm. And overwhelm is actually when you, um, you know, you have too much. You just have too much on your plate. So those are the next two, and, and we're getting ready here for another um, break. And just a reminder that this is Dr. Kate Siner, and this is Real Answers Radio, and I would love to get your call at 877-230-3062. That's 877-230-3062, and um, um, I will be right back. craving positive change in an area of your life dreaming of work that is meaningful or relationships that are authentic and connected internationally recognized author and facilitator dr kate signer is a compassionate and fearless advocate for positive change through personally tailored programs and masterful mentoring Dr. Kate's genius lies in helping you get connected to your core so you can make a difference in the world starting with yourself. Visit www.katesigner.com. That's K-A-T-E-S-I-N-E-R.com. Be the change you wish to see is a phrase that gets said a lot. But the question is how? Dr. Kate Siner provides programs and mentoring that give you the real-life tools to make the changes you wish to see. Her personally tailored services combine almost two decades of work with the grit and compassion that can only come from a life fully and passionately lived that support you on your path of positive change. To learn more and get started, visit www.katesiner.com. Now is your chance to be part of the show. Call 877-230-3062. Call in with your questions or thoughts and talk with the host and their guests. Again, that number is 877-230-3062. 
Hi, uh, this is Real Answers Radio, and this is Dr. Kate Seiner, and we were just talking about two cues, um, two additional cues for um, knowing when there are things that you need to be getting rid of in your life, when you need to be making some kind of change, and that was when you're feeling sleepy or bored, um, or when you're feeling overwhelmed. So a couple different things that I'd like to talk about in this final segment. And um, one of the things is um, it's, it's about a lack of organization. And we started to touch on that a little bit when uh, talking about being overwhelmed, that one of the reasons that you can be overwhelmed is um, because there isn't a sense of, of schedule or organization to your life. So this is a little bit more of a building principle than an elimination principle in a lot of ways. However, one of the things that I I see happen for some people is that their expectations for what they can do are more than they actually have time for. And this is where it starts to work in with elimination again. So um, what that means is, is that um, once again, if they have so many things that they love to do or they have a lot of uh, responsibilities or demands, then um, actually without laying out everything, uh, they can have an expectation that they can accomplish more things than they have hours for in a week. And uh, in this, um, definitely wears people down. Um, so I think that we, in many ways, and I'm a super motivated, highly productive person myself, but I think that in many ways, we are a um, an, an over... We, we are doers as, as Americans for the most part. Um, we are always wanting to get things, do more, do more, do more, um, big, bigger, better, faster, right? And, um, what organization can actually help us do is, is set a pace for ourselves. So pacing is a really wonderful thing is that it's not that we are not going to do all those wonderful things. We can do all of those wonderful things, but how about we do them in a rhythm that works for us? How about if we live in a way that actually is in balance inside of ourselves, in our, you know, the smaller spheres of our lives, and then also out into the larger world? That's, that's what organization can offer. It's like a, it's a tuning into and a way of actually structuring things so that we can keep them more harmonious and more in balance. And um, a lot of people think of organization and they think, oh, my gosh, like this is about rules. This is about having to find out, follow guidelines. This is about, you know, whatever, labeling everything that's in my cupboard, you know, making sure that everything is just perfect. And I, I don't really feel that organization needs to be that. I think that organization can be something that is is so supportive of us. Um and the fact of the matter is, you know, a lack of an organization around around time in our lives can lead to, you know, sort of clutter, things that are there or, you know, that we're doing that don't necessarily, we don't necessarily benefit from. And a lack of an organization in other aspects of our lives can all lead to a different type of clutter, right? 
So whether that's the clutter in our closets or it is the clutter, you know, um, that winds up, you know, in a drawer somewhere or the papers, you know, the endless papers that you have to deal with at, at work. Um, those, all of those things actually hold us back. What they do is whether, you know, we're focusing on them or not, clutter really is, it's, it's weighty. It weighs us down. It stops us from feeling as light. Even mental clutter can, can stop us from feeling, um, as light and as, um, you know, uh, positive as we could. And, um, you know, a good thing, well, this is my, like for my son, you know, my, I, I always let my son kind of experiment with having a clean room or having a messy room. But one of the things that I always pointed out to him was the difference in how it felt, right? And I think everybody could say that, like, you know, if you, when you do the dishes or, you know, you, you've just cleaned your house or, um, you finally got something organized, there's a sense of like, ah, you know, there's spaciousness, there's cleanliness, and there's a sense that things are being cared for, right? And those are all really, really good things. And so if that's true, then we could also say that the opposite is probably true as well. And the opposite being that when there's a sense of, you know, uh, clutter or things are not cared for, that that has kind of the opposite feeling. A little, it's a little bit of a drag. Um, so I highly suggest um, eliminating clutter. And I think it's wonderful to start with doing this in your life, in your physical life, meaning your home, um, your desk, things like that. And um, if you're noticing that you've built up, you know, an area that has clutter, um, I have a table near my, my doorway, right? And that has a tendency to collect more clutter, right? So if you happen to notice that there's a place that collects that, um, you know, spend some time clearing that out and getting that organized, and you might even want to think about it. Is there a way that you could structure that space so that it wouldn't get as cluttered in the future? Right. And that way, and what you're actually doing is, you know, we'll, we'll talk about this more at, at some later date, but what you're actually doing is you're getting things to have more flow to them. You're getting them to be able to move more easily. Um, by by removing the clutter and giving them a destination, right? The same thing is true when we're talking about scheduling, right? So when I was talking about that that rhythm that we we can create in our life, um, another way of thinking about organization would be kind of like a pattern. It's a it's a way of getting things to work in our life. So that it, it feels really good and harmonious, like I was saying. And so a schedule allows us, a lot of times people schedule, they'll schedule their doctor's appointments or schedule things for work that, you know, they'll schedule stuff like that, but they don't necessarily schedule, you know, time that they're taking away from work or time that they're spending on something that is for them. And I think that um, having a schedule that has a combination of all those elements actually creates a different relationship to that schedule. 
Right. So instead of being like, oh, I'm going to look at my schedule, my schedule is going to tell me the 8,000 things that I have to do. It's like you're going to look at your schedule. It's going to tell you what you need to do for various different parts of your life. And what that allows you to do is make sure that you have the space for the things that are really important for you. So when you have that kind of space for what is important to you, then it, there's a part of us that kind of relaxes with that a little bit, you know, and we can also know, you know, is my schedule full of a bunch of things or is my house full of a bunch of things or is my desk full of a bunch of things that just aren't important to me? And if they're not, then it is time to get rid of them. You know, take your trip to Salvation Army and get rid of those extra things you know, or um, go through your, your paperwork and make sure that it gets filed and you will have a, like a, an entirely different experience in that aspect of your life, right? You'll have a sense of openness and spaciousness that will then allow new, new, better and different things to come in. So for the last topic... This is actually sort of like the reverse of what it is that we've been talking about. So we've been talking about how do you know when to eliminate things and it's because you're uncomfortable, right? But this is about how do you know to eliminate things or what does happiness and joy or how do happiness and joy inform you? How do they let you know like what's a better, like what's, you know, where to focus or what to do or what to let go of. And I love, love, love this because, so my training is in psychology and, you know, it, with the exception of certain, um, you know, kind of theoretical disciplines like positive psychology, mostly what is talked about is is unhappiness. <laughs> it's about all the things that don't work. It's all the problems, all of that kind of stuff. So what what we have been, by meaning psychologists, have been thinking about and talking about more and more is like, what is it that works, right? And, you know, happiness and joy is such an incredible tool for us to, um, uh, it's a tool, a way for us to be informed about how to create our lives, right? And, you know, when people are particularly unhappy, one of the things that I ask them to do is to look for something, some aspect, some moment, some, uh, you know, experience, something. I don't care if it's a food. It doesn't matter. Something that gives, you know, a sense of joy or happiness and to pay attention to that and to start to nurture and to start to grow that. So my question for you in relation to letting things go is how much of your life are you feeling truly happy with? How often through the course of your day, your week, an hour, are you actually feeling happiness, joy, positive feelings, peaceful feelings, harmonious feelings? We could, you know... There's lots of different words for this general state of well-being. So how often is that happening? And just if you were just to guess, like you were to throw out a percentage, just whatever comes off the top of your head, you know, 80%, 30%, 
you know, 50%. How often are you actually really feeling happiness? Right? And that is a, a percentage that actually shows you how much you can be getting rid of in your life, right? So if you're, say, say you were, you said, I'm happy 70% of the time, you know, I really think that my life is solid 70%. Well, that means that you could probably look at about 30% of how you're spending your your time, what you have around you, um, a certain aspect of your life, and and make adjustments to it. Right. So how much do you need to engage in the material that I, I put forward today? Well, um, to the degree that you're unhappy with your life. Right. So there it's like if you are feeling 90 percent happy in your life, chances are there's just a few tweaks to make. And if you are feeling like, oh, wow, I actually mm, I can't actually remember the time that I was really enjoying myself. You know, it's it's been a while. Then, you know, chances are there's a, there's a lot of different pieces of your life that, that need to be shifted. And so it's worth kind of taking a look at these different feelings and where they're showing up for you because then they're going to be giving you cues for, um, where you can make the changes that are going to have the really big impact in your life. Okay, so use your happiness to actually let you know the percentage of happiness that you have to let you know how much you need to be focusing and then use these emotions to find the areas that would benefit from you making changes. And I just want to add before I wrap up for today, I just want to add that it's best to make small changes consistently rather than broad sweeping changes. So one small, well-targeted change will actually make a huge difference in your life overall, much bigger difference than sweeping changes that are not sustained over time. So definitely look for the small changes that, that you can make. So I just want to say that it has been absolutely wonderful connecting with you today, and I look forward to further connections with you down the road. I'd love for you to visit my site, katesigner.com, and check out some of the offerings that I have. Um, specifically, um, my life work community program, which is a personal development program that takes you deeper into some of these questions and some of this material that was covered today. So thank you so much. And, um, I look forward to meeting with you next week and, uh, talking about some more, um, real answers for you and, and for your life. You've been listening to Real Answers with your host, Dr. Kate Siner. Her purpose is to inspire you to create positive change inside and out. Visit Dr. Kate on her website at www.katesiner.com with Dr. Kate and see how she can help.